Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is the final part of the magic soap bubble. The trout who swallowed the golden ring is swimming as fast as possible to get help for Ned and his friends. The bluebird decides that she must also go for help and heads off to find the king of the gnomes. She arrives exhausted, but after she has eaten, tells the king about everything that has happened. The gnome grabs his pipe and a bar of soap and heads to the stream nearby. How can he possibly help with a bar of soap? If you are laying down warm and secure in your bed, let's start with taking some deep belly breaths. If you aren't yet in bed, or maybe you are just taking some time to relax, that is okay too. Take a slow, deep breath in through your nose. As big a breath as you can and as slowly as you can. Then slowly let the air out through your mouth. Try it again. Take a deep breath in. And let the air slowly flow out. Take a deep breath in. And now out. If you haven't already, consider closing your eyes. Or you can look at a spot above you. Imagine you are lying on a fluffy white cloud. It lifts you off the ground and into the sky. You are free to float and relax. Let your body sink into the cloud. As you imagine yourself floating, continue to take deep belly breaths. If a worry comes into your mind, Just let it float away like all the clouds that are surrounding you. Continue using your imagination like this as long as you like, as we continue with the final part of the magic soap bubble. Faster and faster he swam, like a courier with important dispatches, down the clear stream running over its pebbly bed with the luscious meadow sweet and the large blue geranium blooming all about its banks and the wild rose on its bushes. Nor did he pause until with a loud splash he dove over the waterfall safely into the lake and rose to the surface 
close to the palace of the Queen of the Lake. A big black spider was busy at work mending the suspension bridge, which spanned the water at this narrow point, for the heavy drops of dew had broken the slender strands in several places. He stopped his work to look at the speckled trout, who at once addressed him. I am the bearer of a most important dispatch for Her Highness, he began. Well, and I am engaged in the most important duty of repairing Her Highness's bridge, replied the spider. So I see, answered the trout, but... At this very moment, the queen herself, hearing voices at so early an hour outside her window, peeped out. Catching sight of her, the trout called out boldly, Listen to me, I beg of you, most gracious queen. I have brought you the gold ring from Ned, who sorely needs your help. At this, the queen quickly withdrew her head and in a short time emerged from the doorway of her castle. Quickly running to the water's edge, she leaned over, grasping hold of a stock to keep her from falling. Here is the ring, said the trout, holding it in his teeth and swimming as close to the bank as he was able. The queen reached out and took it safely from him. I will make you king of my fishes, noble Sir Trout, she cried, for what you have this day accomplished. Remain here in my lake from now on, and now to the rescue. In an incredibly short time, she was mounted on her swiftest robin, and with her three ladies in waiting, flew away toward the castle, where Ned and the beautiful princess, her brave brother, and the giant were held prisoners by the magic of the wicked king. Now, the little bluebird, as she saw her friend the trout swim away, suddenly thought of her former master, the king of the gnomes, and decided to seek help from him. So, whirling around in a circle to get her bearings, she darted off swiftly through the air toward the cave in the forest. She made rapid progress until she reached the thick foliage of the woods, and here, in her eagerness, she nearly lost her way. Indeed, in the uncertain light that struggled through the thick boughs, it was not easy to make out certain familiar landmarks which would guide her to her destination. At length, just at dawn, she found herself at the foot of the hill where the cave of the King of the Gnomes was. Worn out with her difficult journey, she fluttered down to the edge of the bubbling fountain and drank of its refreshing waters. Then, picking up a pebble, she dropped it into the little gravelly basin, hopped painfully over to the great flat stone, and tapped upon it three times with her beak. No one replied. But the rock opened in the middle, and there stood the king of the gnomes himself. 
On seeing the little bluebird, he stretched out a kind hand for her to rest upon and carried her into the inner room. It was his breakfast hour, for gnomes are early risers. Seating himself at the table, he ordered that the little bird be served with breakfast at once, for he knew that the hungry bird's first wish must be for food. The king had barely given this order before several nimble little men of the forest placed seeds and grains of wheat and a goblet of golden fruit juice before the bluebird. Soon she was sufficiently revived to address the gnomes, and it took her but a few moments to tell him all. Come, let us go quickly, he said as he finished, and slipping into his pocket his magic pipe and little pieces of soap, he left the cave and walked rapidly toward a small clearing. Leaning over a little pool in the hollow of the grassy earth, he filled his pipe, rubbed the soap around the rim, and in a moment more blew a large soap bubble. Taking the little bluebird in his hand, he opened a small door and entered the magic bubble. Up and up it went, until it was well above the tops of the trees. Then it took a course toward the east, where the rising sun was gilding the sky with its golden fingers. Faster and faster it sailed, overtaking in a short time the fairy queen and her three ladies-in-waiting, mounted on their friendly robins. In the distance could be seen the turrets of the castle, gleaming in the morning sun. Now, little bluebird, said the gnome, opening the little door and thrusting her out upon his hand as the big soap bubble hovered above the castle. Fly down and tell Ned that rescue is near at hand. Also inform the beautiful princess, who I see is sitting at her window, but asleep. Off flew the bluebird on her happy errand. Your majesty, cried the gnome, addressing the fairy queen as she drew rain at the doorway of the soap bubble. I would suggest that you touch with the magic ring only the cage where our friend Ned is confined, instructing him, while still in the form of a cockatoo, to fly up to the topmost branch of the pine tree. Also, for the princess's brother, while he is still a rooster, to do likewise. After I have brought the bubble close to the window ledge so that the beautiful princess may step easily inside, I will cause it to rise to the treetop, from which advantageous position Ned and the princess's brother can step within. But what to do with the pine tree giant, said the gnome, scratching his beard reflectively, gets me. However, One thing at a time, as my old grandfather used to say when I was a boy, one thing at a time. As the bluebird whispered in the ear of the beautiful princess, the magic soap bubble approached the window ledge. Rubbing her eyes but making no sound, although she was very much startled, she obeyed the bluebird's command to step softly and entered the bubble. 
It then ascended until it was on a line with the topmost branch, where it swayed in the gentle morning breeze like a barnyard weather vane, with the game rooster on one side and the cockatoo on the other. The fairy queen touched them with the ring as they hopped into the bubble, and they immediately regained their natural shape. The princess threw her arms around her dear brother and hugged Ned. So great was her delight. Ned ran over to his little friend the gnome and thanked him again and again for his help and was about to lean out of the doorway to also thank the fairy queen when the gnome restrained him. Not so fast, Ned, my boy. All is not yet over. No, indeed, answered Ned. We must rescue the giant. Ah, that's the problem, replied the gnome. How are we ever to get him in the bubble, either as a tree or as a giant? At this point, the fairy queen joined in the conversation, kissing Ned at the same time as he attempted to thank her. Let me first change him into his natural form, she said. Then he can walk across the courtyard and out upon the drawbridge. From there, he can easily step off into the bubble, which your majesty can lower to the right height above the water of the moat. Good, said the gnome. Go and do your part, and I will manage the bubble. Just as the bubble cleared it, the pine tree became once more the friendly giant, who immediately strode across the courtyard. Quickly lowering the drawbridge, he moved quickly out upon it. The creaking of the chains, however, had woken the wicked king, who looked out of his window to see what was the cause of the noise. In another moment, he was rushing toward the gates at the head of the castle guard. Quick, shouted the gnome to the giant, get in! But alas, the door was too small. In vain, the giant wiggled and squirmed. In vain, Ned and the princess's brother pulled his arms. His great shoulders could not be forced through the doorway. Finally, with a tremendous shove, he managed to go halfway in, but no further. For at this point, his head was against the opposite side of the bubble. On came the wicked king and his castle attendants, who, seeing the predicament of the giant, fitted their arrows to their strong bows, preparing to shoot. Blow the bubble larger, shouted Ned. Put the pipe in his mouth and tell him to blow like thunder. The gnome placed the pipe steam between the lips of the giant and commanded him to blow for his life. And before an arrow left a bow, the bubble widened sufficiently to allow the giant to crawl inside. Slamming the door shut, the gnome cried out excitedly, We are safe! Away sailed the magic soap bubble, with the fairy queen and her little robin perched securely on the top, and her three ladies-in-waiting standing close by on their own feathered steeds. 
back to the beautiful waterfall lake where the Fairy Queen bade Ned goodbye. Back to the friendly gnome's cave in the woods where he said farewell to Ned. Back to Big Man's land where lived the giant with his kind old mother. Back to the castle where lived the beautiful princess and her brother before the wicked king had kidnapped them. And back at last to Ned's own home, where it left him in the old easy chair by the window from which he had started out to visit Gnomeland. And that is the end of our story. Good night, sleep tight.